Good morning and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Mona, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Uh, seems like we got to put humbled this last weekend. I mean, I had high hopes for Arsenal. You know, deep down inside, they could possibly challenge the Liverpools and Cities, but I guess watching the game, you could see that Liverpool and City are kind of in a league of their own and having a battle of their own. But hey, it could have been worse. Tottenham and United lost, so that was good. I mean, uh, I must say, you know, <laughs> listening the evening to the podcast again, when I just listened, how confident we were, you know, going into the game and how we, in our mind, had a, almost like a game plan set. And yet, you know, in a way, when you think the way the game eventually was panned out, it was kind of like, you know, eager on our faces, but, you know, it, you know, it comes with the territory. So, you know, Pepe, of course, gets his first full start in the game. Um you know, the atmosphere was already buzzing at Anfield. And I thought to myself, you know, we're going to really, you know, up the ante in this game. And I think you could also see from kickoff, Arsenal's game plan already starting to play out, like, without like, within the first three or four, so minutes where Arsenal were playing, like, a 4-4-2 diamond, a very narrow diamond. And, I mean, I think that is where I also started. You could also get the, the sense of where the errors were starting to also expose us because... Since we played the, the uh, narrow diamond with Xhaka at the back, shielding the, or supposedly shielding the defence, and you had uh, Guendouzi and Willock on either flanks, and then Sebayos uh, playing in that almost like number 10 role. And then, of course, with them being that narrow, Liverpool were having almost like a fielder on either flanks. You know, that was a problem. Robertson that was the problem. Robertson had balls all time. Yeah, for me, it was a big problem. I mean, the two best assistors in the league with Robertson and, and Alexander-Arnold you allow these guys, like, you know, the freedom of Anfield to just do as they please. And, I mean, yes, it worked to an extent because you never allowed Liverpool to, you know, play through the middle. But giving those two um, quality players time on the ball like that, it could have been worse. I mean, I know that was probably a game plan. But I think also shooting Xhaka in the team to kind of get him into the team, also for me, didn't really work that well. I mean, like, for me, with a... You know, with that narrow uh, 4-4-2 diamond in the middle. I mean, after 20 minutes, our midfield were naked. Because, you know, where I got worried when, when um, Gary Neville was trying to, you know, explain to the viewers and that, like, what, what is now unfolding in front of our eyes now with this tactic now and where it was, like, failing. Where he still said, I think uh, Liverpool were on one of the probably third or fourth breaks in that, that first 20 minutes or so. And... Gary Neville was just saying, just have a look at, at Ceballos. He had, his legs were gone. Because he ended up, you know, from doing a lung uh, busting run forward. When it came now back, the balls was being switched to the other side. He ended up almost like jog, uh, jogging or walking. Because but, he had, uh, his legs were gone. I think against a team like Liverpool, you can't afford to go with a diamond formation. I think you need to kind of pack the midfield mm. to try to stifle their play and... Then you need to they need him on the counter at the moment to have two midfielders against a Liverpool side. You you asking for problems. And I mean a guy like Sebayos is a guy that needs to get on the ball more. He should like shouldn't be running all the time and trying to close down. I mean he is a, a dynamic player like a Santi and a Fabregas, but you're gonna expose him if you can allow him to like sprint and run all the time. I mean he's surely his legs will give in. And you know who I also really felt sorry for was Gundosi and Willock. Because did you notice every time when they were trying to do some sort of, like, look, they were, of course, you know, uh, drilled by, by, by Emery coaching with a, you know, trying to close down people. And I mean, the minute 
when Dozy and 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 Obola could not try to help each other on whichever flank they were now the attack was coming from, Liverpool would just switch every time. I mean, it's like from that lung busting run across the field to close down, they had to go switch back and go, you know, sprinting full across the pitch again. And I mean, you could see their legs were also gone. The, the problem with, I think, our formation as well is if you're going to play a narrow diamond, you're going to need two solid wing-backs that is going to actually get down. Like, you need a Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. Then you can play a 4-4-2. I mean, I'm sure if Tierney is going to be fit and um, Bellerin, then you're welcome to play a formation like that because those two have space to burn, actually, and, and can make space. But it's almost like our wide side of the game was dead and Liverpool just capitalised and eventually you're going to give in. And I mean, we saw that a bit later on when Luis had to take matters in his own hands, actually, and left the gap. And I mean, of course, uh, you know, we went down in the 41st minute uh, from a Matipeda because I still thought, you know, we were already on the ropes. And then, I mean, when that corner came and we ended up conceding, it was, you know, like a punch to the gut because it's not like all your hard work to you know, keep the score to a degree like that at, at null null. You know, almost like went out of the window. And I mean, also leading up to the, not only leading up to the goal, yeah, or oh, I should actually say it, sorry. It's like, you know, Xhaka gives away a necessary corner. From the corner, Guidozzi totally loses uh, Matip. And Socrates, for some reason, is actually manhandling uh, Van, Virgil van Dijk in the box. And I mean, when they, started showing the views from different angles. I don't know if you saw it also, like what I saw where Virgil van Dijk is actually being pulled by Socrates towards Guendouzi and that actually blocks off the eventual run from Guendouzi to try to get to Mati. But do you, do you think these players forget that voice in play? Because uh, I think that that would have actually been um, given a penalty, yeah. I think, afterwards anyway. So, do you think the players forget about that VAR in the Premier League now because it's so new in the Premier League? Do you think that players sometimes act before thinking and then suddenly realise, oh, I called for a penalty? I think that is also where we're leading to that, uh, you know, after half-time, in the 49th minute when Salah burst through the Arsenal box, where David Luiz, you know, I first thought, am I seeing it right? Where... You know, when I just started seeing the, the, the Salas keep being pulled and stretched out like that, and then, of course, by the time uh, uh, Luis realizes the ref is watching me, let's go of, of Salas keep. But, I mean, there's, again, straightforward penalty. So, before I, I was discuss like, that, that first goal we conceded, I mean, did you see the time again? Um, 40 minutes yeah. again. We're always conceding in that, that period before half-time. I, I don't know what... It's if Arsenal just switches off completely, but all our games, a lot even of last season, just before half time, we concede that goal. And then now, when you bring it back to the David Luiz um, penalty incident, yes, it was, you know, why on earth are you pulling him? I mean, sure, you could maybe put a slide in to try to block the shot, but if you look at the space for Mina was allowed to just give a quick ball through to Salah, like Shaka could have been tight on for Mina to kind of block that little um, cute through ball to. To Salah, I mean, it's, it was it was errors, individual errors, before David Luiz pulled on the shirt that actually led to that penalty happening. I mean, look, we still have some pointers to do with the game. But, I mean, for me, I think I still uh, messaged you later on, like, you know, once the, you know, we were now stewed over this whole defeat and it. But we, I still told you, you know, for me, this match was almost like 60% uh, Emery's error and 
it took 40% individual errors throughout that game. You know, that cost us. Because I also thought when we went even, whether it was 1-0 or 2-0 down, I thought you would now, you know, somehow alter tactics or something. I mean, I'm not saying we were going to, you know, set up the setup shop where we're going to be on our ass whooping to, you know, to do nothing. But I mean, at the end, we ended up having almost like, it was Liverpool, having almost like a turkey shoot on our on our box. Because I mean, they were pinging balls afterwards. They didn't even start getting adventures and started, you know, with a 50-yard passes down the field. But I think Arsenal had the opportunities to score goals. I mean, one instance, you can go back to the first half, you look at Aubameyang, that Adrian, yeah. um, you could have, I mean, it was it was a difficult chance. I'm not saying you should have beat it, but that was one chance. And then you have that Pepe going, curled it almost into the top corner in the first half. That could have very well gone in. And that one-on-one where you saw his um, brute pace and power when he yeah. took on um, Anderson and then um, Robertson. So, that, you know... You, I you, not just add that with Robertson where he kicks the like, you know, clean air <laughs> <laughs> when he cuts inside of him. And I mean, you could see when they, when they show that super slow-mo like, of, of the, you know, the players' faces and then... You know, Robertson looked almost like he saw a ghost, you know, the minute he kicked air. Because, I mean, I don't think he... Because, I mean, Pepe, for that, throughout that game, in that even first half and even part of the second half, they were almost like feared shitless of Pepe having run at them. Even uh, Virgil van Dijk, I mean, he's normally Mr. Reliable and that. But for, for once, you could actually see, you know, he was a bit concerned whenever Pepe was running at him. So you have positives of that if you look at the game. You know, it's not all doom and gloom when we look at that. Uh, Pepe actually looks like he could, if he can start you know, putting his charts away, I mean, he will strike fear in the defence. And like you also told me, it's not like we're going to play a Liverpool every week. So yeah. there is a bit of positives. But I like, you know, if that chance with one or two of those chances to go in, it's a different game. But also, if you look at it, we were giving Liverpool way too many corners for a team that, you know, concedes corner goals. We were giving them too much corners for eventually, like with my tip to score. And, yeah, yeah I, th- I think the the um, formation also took its toll eventually when David Luiz, you know, for the third goal, he came to rushing out at Salah. And I think maybe our midfield was tied, which kind of allowed him then to... Or, Forced him to push in, he got beaten, and suddenly Arsenal were on the back foot, and then, but, you know, Salah does what he does. I just want to also add, with regards to that thing, you know, that led now to the third goal. You could actually see if Louise was not on the yellow card, I think he'd take Salah out there on that side of that pitch. And you could see, you could see, like, at first the body shape was going to, like, go for the tackle, and you could see, he realized, ah, I'm on the yellow. If I take him out here, or, you know, hold him back, I'm off. And that's how you could see he actually pulls away. And that's how I first thought, you know, well, of course, he now got lambasted also in the media and, 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 and by some Arsenal fans or whatever. But I mean, you could see what was the whole, the way it was playing out. Because he knew if he, I just think position-wise, if he had now altered, made it, you know, the situation with better, where he's more jocking the player, you know, more running ahead of him and trying to be clever and trying to cut the ball out. And I think that, the minute he cut the, tried to cut the ball out, you know, with Salah's body feints and that, He's going to get past you with these little intricate little touches. He's going to flick it all past you. But it would be good if you could have taken him out, you know, with ball and all. He could still be in the game. But prior to the third goal, I think as well, Aubameyang had a good chance to make us, to bring us back to 2 1. But I don't even remember when he took too long and Matip just came in and yeah. stole the ball off him. I think he was a bit too lax. In situations like that, you need to put those chances away, especially against a top club like Liverpool. But yeah, that is, I find that's also a fault that runs throughout the team. Because I, I think also with, with um, 
in midfield sometimes. Okay, look, Guendouzi was kind of on the ball in the uh, playing wise, you know, in like infield. But I mean, you get people like, like say Jaka or, or at times Willock also. They have that that certain moments where they just hang on the ball too long. And I mean, you need especially uh, these away games that are, are going to be tight. When you get those chances, you need to be quick. You know, the ball get the ball quick out of your feet, whether it's shooting a goal or getting the pass out. Because I think we sometimes dally too long on that ball. Like we think of like we're at home, where we could still win some time over. You know, the way we play and and. Normally, the way we normally get all the position being in the home game. But I think when we play away, we think we still have that luxury and that is when we get caught out. I think Una even needs to alter things a bit because I know as a coach, you know, before even joining to Arsenal, I think parting is maybe PSG record. He didn't have the best record away from home. Mm-hmm. So I think that need does need to be worked on a bit. And like you mentioned as well, like against a team like Liverpool that plays a high-press game, you need to knock the ball quick to kind of expose spaces and get behind them. But if you're going to dally-dally on the ball, Liverpool are going to punish you, especially with the way Jurgen Klopp plays. And I mean, I think one thing we... Look, of course, you got some Arsenal quarters. I mean, I'm not going to even mention names. I'm sure you know who I'm on about. But I mean, when they were uh, hopping on about, you know, Emery out and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, you just came up against the European champions. It's like a settled team already for... Close to yeah. a season and a half already, you know, where they've bonded together. There's now a team that's now slowly being built together since even a back part of last season and a chunk of new players this season. So, I mean, that all has to click somehow. And, I mean, it's almost like all our luck of the draws that our name came up and, and getting Liverpool this early in the season. Because I think a more settled side, I mean, that's how, for me, I'm also looking forward to when they come to the Emirates, what the game plan is going to be. Because, look, then it's already... A good few months that the team has now matured together, you know, tactically and 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 also uh, play style wise. So that is when you can also really make you know a judgment on that type of call. But you know, as I said, you, of course the criticism will come you know from home and away, especially like media and that. So uh, back to the game again. Torreira then comes on as a substitute quite late on in the game. I mean, I wasn't expecting that or the substitution of Lacazette. But, you know, it was almost like, you know, might as well type of thing from Emery. But, I mean, Torreira then eventually bags a goal after being, you know, quite persistent trying to get the ball back and just fires past Adrian. But, I mean, uh, like what I also, as you know, as tough as the game it was to take on the chin, it was also good to see them fight till the final whistle, you know. Because, I mean, of course, Liverpool by then, you know, knew the job was done. They didn't really worry that much with the attacking side of it. just, you know, sitting and counter-attacking. But, I mean, we at least took the game to them right all the end because I was just thinking, you know, could you, uh, like, even if, if it was at the one chance, I don't know if it was Lacazette that came also close, where I thought if we could even make it 3-2 with about eight minutes to go or five yeah. minutes to go, then, you know, would the alarm bells be ringing somewhere? But, I mean, Liverpool are already, you know, a mature outfit. So they know already how to see out the game. So, I mean... Hats off to Liverpool also, from beginning to end, played a fantastic game. It's quite sad to like, see how Arsenal's kind of fell back and how forward Liverpool's gone over the years. Because before going to Liverpool, was you know, you'd go there with confidence like we had actually last weekend. And like we were normally the ones, you know, in a title race having to go beat Liverpool. But it just showed like what a different coach can do, a different like set of quality players, and getting back to the Champions League because they got back to the Champions League, brought in the likes of Salah and Co. So you know if Arsenal can get there, 
we are a work in progress. And for yeah. me as well, like it's when we lost this game, we've lost many times to Liverpool. And afterwards, I felt gutted because you saw the players gave a spineless performance. Yeah. You can look back at this and say, you know, if we can take this through to the end of the season or, you know, against Spurs next week, we could, you know, go or t- tomorrow, actually. We could actually go and get the three points and build on because we are a top four team at the moment. Like, Liverpool showed us that we are a top four team at the moment. Like, we know our hopes why, but they humbled us. So, let's focus on our top four and our rivals seem to be dropping points for the top four spots. And I mean, for me, also, like, when I, I'm somebody that also listened to the opponent, uh, you know, opposing manager. And I mean, Klopp also said, yes, like, whenever they play Arsenal, they also have a t- total different way of playing. Because he said, he knows, because he also said, if you sit back, Arsenal's going to hurt you. If you try to attack to, you know, uh, attack too much, they're going to pick you off. So he said, he has to now fine-tune it. And he said, it takes like a few weeks. We also, you know, analyze our games and, and, and their game as well. And then he starts, you know, pinpointing where exactly they will now, you know, alter things. And I mean, look, at the, at the top of that, he can also tweak and, and, and twist his team, you know, to, way, to, to, to weaken the opponent. I think we need to just do. We need to also sometimes maybe tweak on field during games because I think sometimes Emre allows things to go too far and then tries to only switch it at half time and sometimes it's too late for that. I mean, we saw at Liverpool they were they were almost like you know in a boxing match having us in the corner, blowing us, hitting us all the time, and Emre just kept it like at that point. I think you maybe just spread your midfield across the field and just let them kind of hold Liverpool at bay. You know, I've also watched now. Since the start of the season, I've watched now, you know, all just about all the, the, the teams, you know, whether it's full matches or, you know, extended highlights packages. And one thing that I've picked up, Liverpool are actually one of the fittest teams because, I mean, of course, they sometimes run themselves into the ground. But, I mean, if you watch them, even, look, they've played 120 minutes against Chelsea in that, that Super Cup. And then they have to still go, you know, they're there at Southampton. Then, you know, which they started off wobbly came through strong in the middle period of the game, ended up, I think, quite weak. You know, like, you could see they were flat. But, I mean, watching them against us, I mean, it was like non-stop running. And, you know, whether it's like running to pockets of space or, you know, dragging people away. Like, you know, someone like Firmino, we already know or we get shitless of him. So, I mean, the minute he makes a, a diverting run, you know, a diversion run across the box, you got like two or three of our players running off him, and then it of course opens up to Mane. And... Yeah, and those guys you don't want to give them anything. Yeah, so you know we wrap a, put a wrap on that game now. We turn our attention to the Spurs game tomorrow. Uh, another North London derby, but I mean of course another North London derby where it's also you know kind of both teams coming off losses and as again going to be on a knife edge again because. There's a lot of things also happening behind the scenes, especially in our Tottenham side. I don't know if you also picked up his whole contractual thing with Fatongan. Now he's been totally on the... Uh, I mean, who knows? Pochettino might throw a curveball and put him, you know, in tomorrow. But at the moment, there's a whole uh, fallout between the likes of Levy, but, uh, Pochettino towards Fatongan with the whole contract thing. And also they want to get rid of Aurea. That's also drama there. And Alder Viral. You know, I think they've also made their piece that he's, you know, he's probably going to leave on a free. So, there's a lot of, you know, backstories to everything leading up to this North London derby. 
I just hope it doesn't spur them on to get the result, you know, because sometimes when a team's backs against the wall, they come out best, and Arsenal normally performs best in the North London derby when they come up as underdogs, like, you know, Arsenal don't seem to have a chance, Spurs will come and nip one at the Emirates, but uh, I do think if Arsenal are on their game, I mean, Spurs are without the Trippier at the back, who normally used to bomb down, and hopefully it out for Tomkin because he sometimes does cause us a bit of problems. Um, yeah. Is Dele Alli still injured or is he back? No, no, he should be playing tomorrow. But I mean, the other, uh, that Ndombele, the new signing, expensive signing, he's out completely for the game. Well, I think he's got the bad thigh strain. Then it's, um, what was the other one that I mentioned to you? Is it Walker's Peters? Walker's, so, yeah, so that's already leaving and them Dyer and Sassin Young as well. Yeah, so fullbacks, they also got kind of problems tomorrow. Uh, as for us, I don't think we got that many injuries. As, uh, the only question mark, but I think that's also, again, a mind game thing of, of Emery. He's now said, look, like as it's had an uh, ankle niggle for the past two or three weeks. But I think he was almost like just more safe. Like, I mean, I th- he probably did have a niggle. But I think with a, that game save with Liverpool, they rather thought, look, you might as well just keep him on the bench as long as we can and then just let him get a you know, a five or seven minute cameo against Liverpool at the end. Well, Ozil start or he's still what's happening with the Because uh, from what what I've read also there is again a whole thing with his health. I mean I don't know how true that is, but they said he was also ill leading up to that. So he's also been, you know, almost like training and then missing training a few days and then back to training. So I don't know because he Emery also now put his hand up and said, Look, it's down to this guy's um, you know, he's the one getting sick constantly. It's not like, you know, it's my fault that we've been, you know, we're forcing him to do this or to do that. But he's always like ill with something. So I don't know. He, I mean, if he's lucky, he might get the bench spot. But I honestly don't think, you know, especially in the sort of North London derby, you're going to need everybody, you know, fit and fighting for each other. Yeah, I think maybe, you know, I think it's international break after this North London derby, right? You know, I'm sorry interrupt, uh, yeah, there's going to be the national break. Uh, I just want to also add something. I watch, I, well, I started now watching that series um, that's on Amazon Prime at the moment uh, about Dortmund, inside Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund. And uh, I'm, look, I'm not going to go into detail about the show, uh, the series itself, but the CEO said something that, I mean, you know, my wife and I, just, you know, like looked at each other when, when he said that we, uh, this guy says, you know, with with your as a team, he said, if your player, whether he's a key player, a attacking player, or yeah, one of the, your, 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 almost like your Galactical, if he's not willing to defend, he said, you 50% already lost the game. And I was just thinking, I mean, I don't know, for some reason, I just thought, you know, that we have sometimes people like Ozil or sometimes even Xhaka or Mustafa, we just have somebody that's not you know, throwing his weight in the game, then you're going to lose. So, And I think that is where, that sort of mentality we also need to get out of the club as a whole. And I think, you know, we're going to now take a page out of them. And I mean, I'm not just saying it's Dortmund. I mean, Bayern think like that. Uh, Man City think like that. Even, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Liverpool and them think like that. Everybody has to throw their weight to the team, you know, whether it's throwing your body forward or throwing your body into helping out at the back. And that is how you're going to be a successful team. And at the moment, I think that is where we are still, you know, that unpolished diamond in a way. We don't have that yet, you know, that sort of thing in our game. And that is you, where you, mature. 
You know what I, I like the Arsenal? Just going back to the Liverpool game, like what I liked is before you never saw this in the Arsenal team, but you saw the likes of Louise and Saka just throwing themselves in front of the ball, willing to get kicked. And you saw, I think, um, Saka just got kicked quite badly trying to stop a shot. I know it is in his groin area or in his oh, stomach, yeah. but we have people th- throwing their bodies on the line. I think maybe Louise will bring that more to the team as well. Just like, you know, all hands on deck, um, doing what it takes to get the result. I mean, if we can just sort out the defensive thing, you you know for a fact our attack can carry us through. Like even like the going now into tomorrow's game, because I mean, look with them, not the, the, look it's un, the, the insecurities in defense at the moment with Spurs. And you also have that you know the little drama at the back, um, you know the back, off the field, which they also don't need. Yeah, I mean it's like I mean almost like uh, Pochettino's. Uh, He's almost a managerial, you know, futures also now hanging the balance because people are wondering, is he even willing to, you know, play, uh, you know, coach him further? Or is he now done and wants a new project now? So you have all this type of things also bouncing around at the moment. Uh, you know, I think um, I think Spurs are there for the taking. And, you know, Arsenal can kind of leapfrog. I'm not saying they're going to make a gap, but they can leapfrog Spurs before the international break. And maybe sit. We we second currently at the moment, or is that still third? Third. We're third now. We're third yeah. now. So I mean, if we go into the international break, we keep our spot at third place. You thinking? Okay, not bad. We've played Liverpool and we've played Spurs yeah. already. I mean, I'll take that. And it's almost like what you say that time also with that um, with that cricket thing. We see. Okay, I'm gonna battle ten ten runs. And then I start from scratch again to get to the next 10 runs. And then that's how you end up just, uh, you know, accumulating your points. And I think that is also that I think we think, okay, the first, say, four or five games, what's going to be our target? Then we switch on to the next block of five games and, and already check the fixtures. How are we going to, you know, pan and play this out? Things are going to heat up a bit now with Champions League and Europa League coming up. So... It's going to be all about squad management. Yeah. And you mentioned United don't have the greatest squad depth. I think Spurs as well. I mean, if Harry Kane or Son gets injured for a long time, they struggle. Liverpool even, you know, as good as they are, if Salah or Mane pick up a long-term injury, they, they could be struggling. Yeah, because I mean, at the moment, they are... like Look, at the moment, they've got Van Dijk carrying them at the back. Well, not carrying them, but I mean... He leads him from almost like from the back, and then you got something like Henderson, you know, Mr. Reliable also in midfield, and then you have that front three that's you know very lethal. And I mean, of course, now you look at, at Man City also, what's going on there with at times it looks almost like there's also something running smoothly there. Also, I mean, look, they're still getting the results, no question, but you can see there's also a lot of things that's almost like triggering like little arguments, debates going on, on even on field also. or when, they, when people get subbed, there's also arguments breaking out. Also. I think it's a very important game, like tomorrow, get the result, because I'm just looking at our three next three EPL fixtures. We play Watford away, we play Villa, and I think those two games, you could possibly get your six points out of it. And then uh, that follows your Man United at Old Trafford on a Monday night kickoff. So that's not going to be the easiest of games. So I think it's vital to pick up our points against Spurs. Um, to tomorrow and then maybe the next two games and then like you said take it from there and see what's our next target yeah because I mean like United is also a team that's uh, it seems almost like whenever we play them and they in sort of distress dire distress and, and all this off the field drama stuff 
they always end up getting something against us. Even look at that game that where we drew two two at at Old Trafford last season. It was just a game where they their backs were against the wall. We were on a quite a high, and I mean they ended up also getting a couple of scrappy goals and and you know or, you know getting still a point out of it against us in a game that you know we should have dominated. But I mean they they do some of the show art, you know, with a, through thick or thin they do show art. Um, as we now draw a line there, we switch our attention now to some injury news. Oh, yeah. Bellerin and Tierney are also training now with a... will start training with the first thing in September. Um, I, I have heard that I think a couple of... One or two friendlies are planned in this international break for the two of them to play. I think probably... Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I think also Holding, since Holding's been now a, a regular now that under 23s the last few matches, and I mean, he's come through quite well so far, which I mean, it's a big positive to us, because I mean, before the Europa League starts and that, you're going to need, you know, also the squad somehow bulked up. Um, what did I also want to mention? Oh, yeah. And then, of course, exits now. Uh, El that deal to Besiktas now official, season-long loan, with an option to buy. Um, I think something like if they take up the option next year, that's like something like eight, 18 million, I think. Because he still has about two years on his contract last night. I don't know how he could have even gotten an extension. Um, and then I think just a few hours ago, I heard that with Nacho Monreal, that is now also finalized to Real Sociedad. I heard about that, but I don't want to believe it's true. I mean, so now Colasinac and Tierney fight it out for the left back position. Yeah. I mean, Monreal's been a good servant to to the club. You know, at first I wasn't the biggest fan of him, but he slowly won me over from the 2014-15 season, like up until now. So it's a, a sad departure to like see the guy go. You remember? Eric, I mean, I know you like a lot of when I was reading other Arsenal fans' messages also with regards to him. You know, he is. Uh, you know, he has become our like you know Mr. Reliable and 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 you know. He became almost like a well-liked player also to everybody, like whether it's players or fans. And, you know, I wish him also well now at Sociedad. He took another adventure now. But, I mean, also, you know, sees out his career in his homeland, which I find also top-notch. Like, you know, nice touch also the way Arsenal allow him to get that. Um, with that said, you know, now you're going to have a new challenge up. And I think Colasinic is probably in for the fight of his life coming up now with... Tierney, you know, on the main and making a comeback. But I, I, I still think, especially with Tierney that they had now like a double growing operation lot earlier in the year, I still think we need some sort of, you know, backup to that. Because you don't know if he still has, you know, that reoccurring thing. Because look, with him now coming back after close two months out of playing actual football, you don't know if he has any setbacks in between. So, you know, that's going to also leave us kind of short. And that is why, I remember when I told you that with a Thompson guy, when we sold him to Brentford, I would have rather kept on just a bit, just to see how things pan out, especially now with letting, um, you know, Montreal now go. But isn't it me now, what happens to our left-back position tomorrow? I mean, do you throw Colosinac in now at left-back all of a sudden? Uh, look, or... this is not just my, I'm going to just spitballing here. I think, look, if it's now definitely easy, now, not going to be even consideration for, say, tomorrow's game. I think it could even be something like a back three of Chambers, Louise, and Socrates. And then you play with two wing backs. Because I still think the way we're going to hurt 
Tottenham tomorrow is going to be something like it. Almost like either go three four three or three five two, something like it. But just something where you can either just pack that midfield, but also have the wing backs really having a uh, go with him, especially with with them having being in a dilemma with the fullbacks at the moment, Tottenham. So I would actually have our fullbacks running at them. Uh, I hope Pepe, like I said, in a bombing, all can be on the pitch at the same time to do the damage. Yeah. And so they got the Europa League draw. What do you think of your opinion on that? You know, it's, a, it's a, like I mentioned to you that it, it could have been actually a group in the Champions League with Eintracht Frankfurt and, and, and Standard Liege. Yeah, and as well as Vitoria de Guimaraes. Um My thoughts is I'm just glad it's in Central Europe. Not much traveling. Like, you know, the team will not have to do those long haul flights because I see United, they have an easy group in the Europa League, but they got, I think, one or two long haul flights, which, I, I mean, you could see already they're not really happy with that because there's one that they have to go actually to, oh, right across the, to the Ukraine to play an away game. Um, with us, um, look, we play Frankfurt uh, first. I think it's away from home on the 19th of September. Uh, look, the key players as Bastos, they just bought now from Sporting. Rebic, of course, we all know from the World Cup, he was a real handful for everybody. And I mean, he's... You know, he's that old-fashioned strikers. Yeah. Uh, will just run through people or, you know, throw their body in front of people. Like, Because, I mean, he's actually... Uh, it's going to be a, a good test also to see him up against our centre-backs. Because, look, he's that real old-fashioned type of uh, centre-forward. You know, that, you know, really blocking, holding the ball up or even running through people if he's if he wants. Because, I mean, he's a real solid player. And, I mean, another player for them is also vital is that Interregger. As a centre-back of, of Frankfurt, the, so far this season he's gotten nothing. Eight, he's averaging already quite, I mean, of course, early in the season, but he's already averaging 8.7 in the, in the stats department. Uh, Standard Liege, they've got a new player called Amala. He's a midfielder, quite attacking. Also, start, uh, Standard Liege also start quite well in the season, and I mean, he's also quite a handful as a, a, a camp. Um, then the other two players that are also... Vital for them is that Edmond and then Lestien. They're the two attacking players from Liège who are normally, you know, quick down the middle, can take the game out wide as well to punish you. Um, for Vittoria, the Gemeres, uh, they've got the player called Davidson, midfielder from Brazil. Also, tough tackling player, you know, really creative as well to his a creative side to his game. And then, of course, they've got. Uh, they've uh, brought one of their players from the B team, Tapsova. Defender is quite strong, you know, uh, very highly thought of by the Victoria manager. And then, of course, they've got the attacking midfield, Sako, who's also quite, you know, going to be also handful. You know, somebody that's young also wants something to prove. And I think this is almost like the stage that they really want. I just fear playing in Leeds because the last time we played there, the stadium was shaking because the <laughs> crowd got on top of us. We still got the result though, but yeah, Leeds is a bit of a tricky place to go. Yeah, so I'll draw a line here with the whole podcast. I uh, hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Please like and share the podcast. It helps us out a lot as well. Um, enjoy the game, guys, and let's hope we get the three points. Come on, you gunners. Come on, you can't just get with 3-1 result, hopefully it's a positive one to us.